Each year, there's a certain day that pulses with dread. It comes creaking around the carousel of time at the same inevitable velocity as all the other days. But this day is chipped paint and mad eyes. You're looking at the calendar, and here comes February 14th, like a wrecking ball, smashing the weeks before it. Or maybe it's the birthday of your soulmate, who left you for someone else. Or maybe the childhood Christmas you never had looms large over all the others in its wake. For a lot of people, the third Sunday in June is such a day. Father's Day isn't like Mother's Day, generally speaking. Father's Day tends to be emotionally complicated for people in a way that Mother's Day is not. After the offspring is born, mothers tend to embrace their role as nurturer, and fathers often reprise their role of being a warm and aggressive bag of genetic code that's still eager to distribute itself. Of course, fathers can be wonderful, or terrible, but it's a hard truth about life. Fathers are often better men than fathers. Obviously, we're painting with broad strokes. That's because we wanted to go to art school and learn to paint with fine strokes, but our father wouldn't allow it. I'm joking, of course. It was my mother who wouldn't let us go. Dads loom large. So large, in fact, that we're breaking dads into two episodes. Eat your heart out, Oedipus. You're listening to Against Type, the podcast about crossing the borders of intuition and the places beyond. If our tagline confuses you, or you hate it, let us know on Facebook or Twitter. Seriously. Now I'd like to introduce you to a dad that demands his own episode. He embodies historian H. Carruthers Teachout's famous epigram, Fathers are men first. It's my pleasure to hand the helm to Steve Kemsley for this story. We met with Barry Brakey at his home. Howdy. Gentlemen, I'm Barry. What's the uh, dog's name? Wilson. Wilson. Wilson's a humane society delinquent. (laughs) He's 86 years old, and along with Wilson, lives in, I'll let his son Joe describe it. So he he lives in, well, my brother would describe it as a flea-infested garbage dump. (laughs) (laughs) I have never seen a couch as disgusting as his couch was. A month and a half ago when I was there. Never. Like many of us, Joe has a complicated relationship with his father. He rides the line of that function, dysfunction, in a lot of areas of drug use, alcohol use, womenizing, gambling, especially those. You might already be cueing an archetype for the kind of man you think Barry Brakey might be. You might think you know who we're dealing with, but you'd be wrong. Joe grew up in a family of doctors. That includes his dad, Dr. Barry Brakey. I come from a long line of doctors. My father, my grandfather, my great-grandfather, and my great-great-grandfather, William Fleming Brakey. It was my great-grandfather who was the first. He served in the Civil War as a doctor. His son founded the dermatology department at U of M. And if that wasn't enough to live up to, I've become president or captain of almost everything. President of senior class, captain of a football president team, of the Michigan Urology Society, of the Michigan Bridge Association, captain of a swimming team in high school that didn't have a pool. <laughs> <laughs> and I, we never won an event. 
if you asked Dr. Brakey for a reason for his success? I'll give you an answer like this. I'm not sure. I think it just as cream rises to the top. This confidence extends to many other areas of his life. He did his own vasectomy. And that also sort of parallels a little bit of the arrogance. Uh, all I want is the best. It's not a, it's not a completely bad, like, um, negative arrogance. It's, it's a mixed arrogance. Like, it's a little bit of entitlement and I can do this. And The only thing I'm not going to do is my own autopsy. <laughs> so how did a successful doctor from a prominent family wind up where he is now? We'll get to that. But first, a bit about Joe. Joe Brakey is the youngest in a family of four boys. My mom is the one that mostly raised me, and she had three boys within just over three years. Today, Joe is a practicing psychologist in Ann Arbor, Michigan, where he lives with his husband and daughter. The generational pressure to become a doctor might have been absorbed by his older brother, yet another Dr. Brakey. Plus, his dad didn't land the pressure too thick. Actually, the opposite. My father was pretty live and let live, and what you want to do is what you want to do, and you know, find happiness in it. So I didn't, I didn't feel pressure. If one of them had wanted to go off and be the Dalai Lama or a vagabond, uh, he'd have my blessing. But clearly, the eldest Dr. Brakey had some expectations. I think it would bother me if they were crooks, if they were uh, influencing other people's lives not to their advantage, that that, that would bother me. That would hmm. bother me a lot. All of them have been are contributors to society. Barry Brakey always loved to have fun, and most people couldn't help but have fun when they were with him. He's a magnet for people who are gregarious and who like to joke, and it, he was fun. After we talked to his dad, we understood what Joe meant. Barry, even in his old age, is lively and funny. It's kind of intoxicating to be around him, but every figure shares its shadow. And as Joe said in the beginning, his dad had his share of vices. When he was married, Barry cheated on his wife. A lot. A fact he doesn't try to hide. Uh, I was uh, lying a lot. I mean, I was running around. You know, I remember as a kid, he would joke a lot with the women, even the wives of his friends, like how make some pun or joke about how they're going to sleep together later that night. And, and I think actually sometimes it turned out to be true. Now everything's in the open. Just sure. If you always tell the truth, you never have to wonder about what, what story to tell today. You just tell the truth and it works. Works better than lying. So you, did you meet these women? Oh, yeah. I mean, so after, so I'm 10 when they're divorced, and then he's just, it's a free-for-all for the women he's bringing through my life. But when you were, before you was divorced, did you meet I, his uh, girlfriend? Uh, yes. In fact, one of them used to be my babysitter when I was five, six. The, the more steady one was actually a babysitter of mine. There's kind of an underlying belief that a man isn't meant to be monogamous. No, man's not monogamous. Very few species. I think maybe a, a goose or something like that. When Joe was eight, his parents separated. Two years later, they were divorced. That, interestingly, was when my mom said my dad became a better father. But Barry Brakey continued to ride the line between function and dysfunction. 
and these are isolated incidents, they didn't happen all the time, but I remember being at Disneyland when I was 14 or 15, and my brother's 22, and my dad is going into the restroom to do cocaine with my brother. <laughs> at Disneyland, where my parents are divorced at this time, but we're there as a family. Did you uh, feel left out because he didn't offer you any <laughs> I didn't, but I felt disturbed. For Joe, Having a dad like Barry, this strange mix of virtue and vice, was trying. But he doesn't talk about his childhood or his dad with any sense of spite. In fact, when he talks about his dad, he can't yeah, help but smile was. and laugh. <laughs> probably was. Like, dad, it's like, why is he doing that? Joe didn't start out as a psychologist. I first became a teacher. And I think I steered away at the beginning of my young adult life from being a therapist at first, at least in part, because I was not out as a gay man. And one of the things I heard and sort of believed at that time was that therapists go into being therapy because they're fucked up. And I'm not, so. (laughs) Do you feel like you can say that more confidently than somebody who's not a professional therapist? Yeah, I can. It was hard for Joe to come out to his family. What might have been an offhand comment by his dad stayed with him for years. Before I was out, you know, when I was 19 or 20, I didn't actually come out to him until I was 27. I remember him making a comment about how, you know, you should, you know, I try to treat every person fairly. It doesn't matter what they look like. Or there was like a, this little exception that he noted, like, well, it's hard for me with gay people and fat people. <laughs> and... I don't know. He he never reiterated that or made a big deal about it. He wasn't really noticeably at all homophobic. But I think I took that little comment at one point in his life and, you know, was pretty scared. When he finally did come out, his dad was surprisingly accepting. Uh, I just said, uh, Joe, that doesn't change anything. You still are uh, his mother... uh, went crazy. She, I mean, she oh, really? just, it really shook her. Huh. I said, that's stupid. He's still the same man he was before he told you. <laughs> right. <laughs> Although he didn't really get the point, at least not right away. I remember having some conversations with him in that first year, like, what do you mean? You know, do you, you look at a guy and you think, oh, that's really sexy and I want to get some of that? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, now you get it. Yeah, just like you might with with a woman. He attended the wedding and he and he said after the ceremony, like he said, I think I finally get it. It's it's about love. I was like, yeah, that's that's exactly it. That's good, Dad. Joe love playing poker. It's something they do together, even today. Barry is the life of the poker table, depending on your perspective. Half the people at the table just think he's hilarious and 
he laughs and he enjoys life and what a great guy. And the other half, or at least a third of them, are like, get this guy out of here. What the hell is he doing at this table? He doesn't follow the rules. He's, he's fiddling with his money. He pulls out tons of shit from his pocket and spreads it on the table in front of him. But Dr. Brakey's propensity for gambling went beyond the poker table. He was a big sports better. He won big sometimes. But he lost money too. A lot of it. So in the um, early 80s, he was always making or on the verge or making really big investments that were not good. He was approached by some people to invest in, and this is not being made up here, mobile dental units in Saudi Arabia. Give us couple hundred thousand dollars and your return will be great if you give us this money and we actually had an intervention with him and said dad do not throw all your money into mobile dental units in Saudi Arabia please (laughs) all four of us boys came and sat him down and said no Dr. Brakey was in a downward financial spiral And that's when he founded a church. No, Barry Brakey was not born again. God didn't whisper into his ear and tell him to share his holy words with the masses. Dr. Brakey just wanted to avoid some taxes. Thought I could take advantage of the loopholes and uh, legally. uh, I was part right and part wrong. Yeah. (laughs) He formed the Universal Life Church, naming himself as pastor, and set up a checking account in the name of the congregation. He used that account to pay for living expenses, including trips to casinos. He decided that it was not fair that churches didn't have to pay. And I said, you know, let's do something about it. You know, they're taking the stuff that we buy bread and milk with. You know, he would make jokes like, um, Um, (laughs) give us all your money we'll give it to charity charity's our dog (laughs) IRS finally caught on and he was convicted of tax evasion they took him down basically so he, he got a lot of money taken away including a lot of his retirement at the time but he was young enough that you know he still had a lot of working years that he rebuilt some you know he he was doing fine and then um right as he was retiring right around that time he was diagnosed with non-hodgkin's lymphoma around the age of 79 and he did not have the extra insurance so then he had to pay for a huge chunk of the treatment, which is very expensive. And that that wiped away anything he built from before. Then I got uh, lymphoma, which um, malignant lymphoma, chemotherapy. All my hair and teeth fell out, and I survived that. And then just recently, a congestive failure. So I sort of, you know, lost probably $3, $4 million in the course of my life, and doing all right. So how does it feel to be on the top and then lose your health, along with millions of dollars? Horrible, probably. 
unless your yardstick for happiness just doesn't happen to include those things. Not in the least frustrated with his situation. He's happy. I'm very pleased with my life. I have no regrets. I, you know, people say, if I had to do over again, I wouldn't change anything. I wouldn't change one damn thing. Dr. Brakey has more ambition than people half his age. For a man of science, he occupies himself with creative arts. I like to paint and write. I've started about probably 10, 15 books. Is that right? But painting is probably one of my main hobbies. Barry Brakey is impossible to classify. He doesn't fit one of our neatly defined personality types. He's a doctor, a gambler, an artist, a joker, a pillar of his community, a scoundrel, a dad. A character that's so hard to pin down is polarizing. Like players at his poker table, half of us can't stand him, and half of us just want to get closer. To share a laugh, and probably a martini or two. Despite his health and his bank account, he is still remarkably optimistic. And it's not hard to see what keeps him going. Thank God for Joe. Now, just matter of fact, Joe came over yesterday. He found that old door, and he said he said he thought he could use it as a painting. And we said, what can we do that's really tall? <laughs> and so we've got a lion and a sloth and a monkey and an owl. And Joe did most of the upper part, and I did the lower part. And, <laughs> yeah, and Joe's very Did you like this week's episode, but feel it was short on dads with only one dad? Next week, Dad Stravaganza, Part 2, Dad Valanche, Father Palooza, 13 Dads, One Podcast, No Reason to Miss It. Hey Dad, can you just tell people why they should subscribe to the podcast? Well, uh, mainly, I, I'm not into podcasts, I don't really know much about them, I'm old tech low tech uh but whatever helps my son along is you know is a good a good thing and so people should do that yes can you remind them to rate it as well well <laughs> uh, <laughs> um people should rate it um uh, i personally don't have a clue how to do that but um i i as i understand it um i don't have a a handle on the, the technical aspects of it all. And I'm like I said, I'm low tech, but I realize that ratings are everything. Uh, so if you know how, yes, please do rate it.